Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is November the 20th, and our chapter for today is 2 Timothy chapter 3. But know this, that in the last days, in the closing hours and days of this age, perilous times will come. Those that are fraught with persecution and with trouble and difficulty. For men will be lovers of themselves. They will be phileo auto. They will be wrapped up in themselves and what they think and their opinions. They'll be lovers of silver, of money, boasters, proud, slanderers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Wow. That is a commentary, a true picture of the secularistic world in which we're living, the godless world in which we're living. Now, you say, don't be so hard on America. Don't be so hard on the West. Don't be so hard on those who are outside of Christ. I'm not being hard. I didn't write that. The Apostle Paul did under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And as we're going to see in this very chapter... All of the words of God, every word of God, each word of God is out of the mouth of God, and it is profitable for us. Not just the parts that we like, not just the parts that we feel good about, but all of the parts, those that speak good about us, those words that would discipline us, those that speak well of us, those who would encourage us, those words that would cause us to be disciplined and cut to the heart. All of them are the words of God. And he said, some have a form of godliness. They have the appearance of it, the rituals that are surrounded with godliness. Oh, they check everything off just like they should, but they don't live in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit under the authority of the Word of God. They are people who do Deny its very power and its dynamic. And he says, from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into houses and make captives gullible, silly women loaded with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning, always wanting to know something new, but never being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And he said, this is the folly of many that have been disapproved. But you, verse 10, have carefully followed my teaching. Now, the word teaching is the word that's translated doctrine, and it's a word for a set of teachings, a formula, as it were, of godliness. And so he says, you know my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, being long-suffering. The word is macrothumia. It's long-fused. I'm a slow burner, Paul says. You know my love, my perseverance, my persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them the Lord delivered me from all of them. Now, Timothy is being reminded of when they first met. You see, it was in this area of what was then part of the different provinces of the Roman Empire. It's today modern Turkey. 
and he said, Timothy, this is when I first met you. I was left out of your city and that whole area. I was left out of a city and I was left for dead. They stoned me. I personally believe that's when the Apostle Paul was caught up into the third heaven. You say, do you believe he had a near-death experience? I believe he had a death experience. I believe that he did exactly what he talked about to the church at Corinth. And he said he didn't know whether he was in the body or not. He said he saw things and that he couldn't even speak about. They were so wonderful and magnificent, so otherworldly. And so he said, God delivered me, and Timothy, by implication, he's saying, will deliver you. And he said in verse 12, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He didn't say they may, some may, some will, some won't. If you live godly in Christ Jesus and you're living in a secular culture, there's going to be people who don't like you. They don't want to be around you. They're going to mock you. They're going to malign you. They're going to be ugly to you. And they will destroy you if they can, simply because of jealousy and greed and envy and the evil that's in them. He said, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, being deceived and deceiving others. But you also continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of me, knowing that you have learned them from me. You've watched my life down through the years. And he said, Timothy, I want you to go back from your childhood. Your mother and your grandmother have taught you the word of God that's made you wise unto salvation. And he said, it's important that you understand that it is the scriptures that we base our life upon. And so he comes to verse 16, which is an iconic verse, where he says, all scripture, all scripture, every scripture, that's one of those pos and pon words in Greek, you know, pan-American, all-American, pos is the word here, all scripture, each scripture, every scripture, depending upon the context. What it means is there is no scripture that is not whatever he's about to say. And so he said, every scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, the word inspiration is the word theopneustos, theopneustos, theos, and then neustos. The two are put together. The word neustos is the word to breathe. It comes from pneuma, that same word for spirit. And so it has to do with the breath, a person's breath that comes out of their mouth, from their lungs, from that passes through and causes the vocal cords to speak. And so he says it is from God. All scripture is from the mouth of God. It is God-breathed. It comes out from God's vocal cords. He said, this is true for all Scripture. Now, when he's talking about Scripture, the graphe, he is talking about the Old Testament. You see, the Old Testament was all that Paul had. It's all that Jesus had. It's all that John the Baptist had. It's all that Peter had. It's all the disciples had because the New Testament was not written. And so he said, please understand, Timothy, that the words of God are profitable for you. They're advantageous for you. They're helpful for you. And then he says they are good for doctrine, for a set of teachings. Now, what we call that today is a belief system. Wait just a minute, Pastor. Are you telling me that I can build my life upon the Scriptures, that I can have a worldview that's based upon Scripture, that I can have a belief system that is based upon Scripture? Isn't that old-fashioned? Yes, very old-fashioned. As a matter of fact, before time ever was, God already knew what He was doing. 
And he's written out the truths of God's word that are now made by revelation to us through the Old Testament writers and the New Testament writers. That's right. The New Testament is put on the same par and the same level as the Old Testament. Paul's writings are called scriptures, the graphe. Peter said that holy men of God were carried along just like they were. In other words, sometimes God dictated things, but most often he superintended the writers. He prepared the writers. He let them have the life experiences that they needed. He brought everybody and everything just where it needed to be, and he superintended what they wrote down so that what they wrote down were the very words and mind and heart of God. Now, that's what inspiration is, and it's prophecy for a belief system, for a worldview that puts everything in perspective. It's also good for reproof. That means that God will tell you where you're wrong. He tells everybody the same thing. It's not wrong for some, wrong for others. It's not this silliness of today of situational ethics or some kind of wishy-washy postmodernism where there are no absolutes. God says some things are wrong, and he means some things are wrong, and it's for everybody. So God rebukes us. He gives us reproof. He disciplines us. But he doesn't just tell us where we're wrong. The Bible is not only good for a belief system and to correct us when we're wrong and reprove us when we're wrong, but to give us correction. That is, God doesn't just tell us where we're wrong. He tells us how to get right. He tells us the way that we need to walk. And then he says, for instruction in righteousness. You see, God's word is sufficient. It's sufficient, not only for salvation, but for life. And it's sufficient for a worldview, for a belief system that you can build your life in this life and the life to come upon. It has stood the test of time. And God will tell us where we're wrong. He'll tell us how to get right. And he'll tell us how to stay right for instruction in righteousness. Now, he said, finally, Timothy, this is so that you and I and everyone else that the man of God may be complete, lacking nothing, thoroughly equipped, that he is outfitted for the work that God has called us to. What a fascinating, fascinating chapter as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.